Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. All right, we have a lot to cover. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11. I tried doing that in the morning service. I would reach nowhere. So we have a lot to cover today. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. I will read the verse and then we will try and learn through it. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place. Alright. It happened that Jesus was praying in a certain place. After he had finished. One of his disciples said to him. Lord. Teach us to pray. Just as John also taught his disciples. I'm trying to visualize this scene. On one occasion, on one day, it happened that Jesus was praying in a certain place. So Jesus was there praying. After he had finished, one of his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. While Jesus was praying, what do you think the disciples were doing? Okay. Get the question. Look at the statement. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples asked teachers to pray. So while Jesus was praying in that certain place, what were disciples doing at that time? Observing, watching, waiting, everything other than praying. Alright? Probably Jesus was taking long time as he usually did. Long prayers. Alright, some of us know what it means to have long prayers just before the meal. We don't like that. The best prayer before, before the meal is? Thank you, Jesus and Amen. Yeah? Uh, even that seems to be long sometimes. So, Amen is enough. Alright. Okay, so there the disciples were, they were they're waiting for Jesus. He went there to pray and he's going on praying and praying and, and praying. And they would have remembered in Mark 1.35 it says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he went out into solitude and he kept on praying. So they would have remembered that, okay, Jesus keeps on praying. They, they, they recognized that on the day when Jesus broke the bread and fed 5,000. After having fed 5,000, he dismissed them. He said, okay, now go. And what did Jesus do? He took time out to pray. Bible says he, Jesus dismissed his disciples, went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Luke 6.12, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. Spend the night in praying. So one evening he went out to pray. By the time he finished praying, he realized that it is morning. He prayed the whole night. He prayed alone. He prayed with disciples. He prayed in public. He prayed on his knees. He prayed with his face down on the ground. He prayed very earnestly. He prayed with no sense of time. He prayed in, in Gethsemane. It says that he prayed he, he told his disciples to wait and watch over him. He went and he prayed for an hour and comes back to see the disciples were sleeping. So he said, wake up, watch for watch on me. And he went again and he prayed, he comes back, they were sleeping. Went again, prayed, comes back three times. Literally, that was three hours of prayer. And the disciples knew that how is it that he could easily stay in prayer for such a long time? And that's why on this instance in, in Luke chapter 11, one day when he went out and he went on to pray, the disciples were also there. When he had finished, when he came out of his prayer, one of his disciples asked, Lord, teach us to pray. Somebody who can pray like this, we definitely need to learn from them how do we pray. So I have this, this burden to learn from the one who prays Jesus, teach us to pray. And that's what we are going to focus on. So my question to you is this morning. How many of us want to learn to pray? Yeah, I see a lot of raise of hand. I want to first let you know, when disciples said, teach us to pray, the first submission is, prayer has to be taught. It's not something like we say, go speak to the Father. Yes, it's a good starting point. But prayer has to be taught. And that's why it says, 
teach us to pray. For all those who are, those amongst us who are struggling to pray, who find it very difficult to, you know, to, to keep that pattern of praying, who've been struggling, I want to encourage you. We all need to go into the school of prayer to go and learn how to pray. And from the master who can teach us to pray. And if Jesus and the Holy Spirit is here to teach us to pray, what are we going to do? We're going to learn. And when we want to learn something, what do you do? In your class, when you want to learn, what do you do? You take notes. You listen attentively. Right? And you put that into practice. So please don't treat this as yet another preaching session. No, this is a teaching session. Because we are asking the Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. And because we are asking teachers to pray, He is here to teach us. And when He teaches us, let's respond by being good student. So all those who have notebooks, please take out your notebooks and pen. For those who do not come to prepare as a student, please take your digital devices. Switch off your WhatsApp. Get into a notes and start taking notes. Let's be good students. Are we okay with that? Yeah. I sometimes wonder when we go to a class and try to learn, we take notes. But when it comes to church, it is quite supernatural. You know, everything goes into the head and stays there. Does that happen? No, we got to be good students. And good students do take notes and are intentional about learning. So this morning we are asking the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, to come and teach us to pray. I'm glad the disciples did not ask, you know, give us five steps to pray. What are the approaches to pray? The methods to pray? You know, they did not ask that. They just said, teach us to pray. It's not about the approach. It is about the actual action of praying. So as an outcome of today's learning, I am seeking the Holy Spirit to nudge us. To go into a deeper walk of praying as a lifestyle. As I was preparing, I, I, I had this deep sense that this is a season where God is raising up a generation who will understand the purpose of prayer. And not just understand the purpose of prayer, they will pray like Jesus prayed. Who want to receive that? Yeah? And then, therefore, we should learn how to pray. Ready for that? Yes? Hello? All right. So, close your eyes. We'll pray together. But you are going to pray. Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Spirit of God, we welcome you. We thank you that you are here in our midst. This morning, together as the body of Christ, as your children, we look to you and we, we ask of you, Holy Spirit, you are the counselor, the teacher. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray and make prayer a lifestyle as Jesus did. Can you lift up your voice and say, teach us to pray? Father, thank you that you are a prayer answering God. And this morning, you are teaching us to pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. So the body of Christ, it's the time, is that season. That body of Christ has to arise in prayer. Bible says, men, in, in Tim- Timothy, therefore... I want the men everywhere to pray. Lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. That's a call for men. I'm not just trying to differentiate. You will see a lot of women coming in for prayer, for for intercession. But where are the men? And so I'm calling everyone, especially men. Rise up. Let's take our position. Lifting up our holy hands in prayer prayer. It's a call asking that I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. So we are asking the Holy Spirit to teach us to pray. Now, 
when when disciples asked asked Jesus teachers to pray John as just as John also taught his disciples to pray there are, Jesus gives them a framework which we call it as the Lord's Prayer. And I'll come to the title of the Lord's Prayer a little later. But he gives a framework. And that same framework is there in Matthew chapter 6. There are two occasions that he uses the same framework. On one occasion, it was a large crowd. And in the large crowd, Jesus was addressing like a seminar or like a conference, a large crowd. And he was explaining them with a lot of topics that were covered. A lot of topics. In that, one of the topics was prayer. Because it was important that he covers that topic to a large crowd and in that he showed them a framework to pray so in a large crowd seminar setting he taught them how to pray he gave them a framework which we call it as the lord's prayer then in another occasions in luke chapter 11 where jesus and the disciples were together and disciples were looking at him and saying how can he pray teach us to pray like this and he gives the same framework There's no different teaching. It's the same framework he gives, which again, we call it as the Lord's Prayer. So today, you asked the Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. What do you think he will answer? What do you think he will answer? The same framework. Are you with me? He will give the same framework because it is the same framework that he teaches every time somebody wants to learn to pray. Hey, are you with me? Yes? Can I hear a yes or a no, please? Alright, I know you're awake then. Okay, so the framework is what we call it as a Lord's Prayer. But it's not the Lord's Prayer. That's not the prayer that Jesus prayed. I do not know where did that title come as Lord's Prayer. Jesus cannot pray that prayer. Because in that prayer it says, forgive us our sins. And Jesus was sinless. He was blameless. I don't think so. Jesus had any occasion where he would go to the Father and say, Father, forgive me, forgive me. No. He was a lamb without blemish. So he can, he can never ask forgiveness because he came for the purpose of forgiving us. But he taught his disciples. He knew that you would fall in sin, so you need forgiveness. And so he gave his disciples a framework. So the Lord's Prayer is not the Lord's Prayer. It is the Disciples prayer. Are you with me? So it is a prayer model for the disciples. Any disciples in this house today? It's a prayer for you. It's a prayer template for you. Now why do I say template? See it's not something that you just, you just utter that prayer and go. No. It's a framework. Use this framework. Use this template. It's like an application. If you take an application form, you will have name, you will have different section. You have to fill those details and submit that application. Prayer is a petition. You give this petition to somebody. It's an application you submit. So each component of this prayer is like an application. You fill it up with your details and submit it. In fact, prayer is a legal affair. I'll come to that. It's a legal affair. It's not just a casual conversation too. We might start as a casual conversation. But we, as we grow as sons of God, we recognize that it's a legal affair. And it is a petition that we give. So it's an application. So we'll go into each details of that prayer to understand how to fill that application. Have you ever submitted an application without filling anything in it? Anyone? Can I get a response please? Yes or no? Why? Why? There's no use. No use. What happens when you submit an application without any details in it? Doesn't get processed, there is nothing, no action taken. But you fill it, at least somebody will read it. At least somebody will take it into consideration. So, prayer model, the framework, is actually a framework that we got to follow as an application. So, let's dive deep into it. Ready for that? Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. We'll attend the seminar first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Pray then in this manner. Don't repeat these words. Don't repeat these words because it is like giving the application empty. But pray in this template. In fact, the, for the previous two verses, 
Jesus talks about how not to pray before he teaches how to pray. Verse 7, it says, when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition. Even this Lord's prayer or the disciples' prayer, don't even just do it as a meaningless repetition. Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. After the service is over, you do a repetition. Don't do it as a meaningless repetition. He taught them even before teaching them how to pray. You see that? And as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for the many words. So do not be like them, for the Father knows what you need before you ask. But when you pray, pray in this manner. First word. Our, our Father. First word. Our the application, first section is our Father. It starts with your relationship with the one you are giving, submitting that petition to. There could be many relationships that is possible that on this earth. But it's calling us to the most intimate, the most or the best relationship that is possible with God is to call him Abba Father. He's inviting us to call him as Abba Father. But just think about it, alright? When Jesus was teaching his disciples in those days, alright? He said, when you pray, start with our Father. And what do you think the religious leaders thought? Those days, he was addressing to a crowd in the seminar. It was crowd. It was all religious leaders and it was the Jewish and, you know, the whole community were there. What do you think their reactions were? It's a blasphemy. You, you were never allowed to call father to God. Because they did not know that there was a relationship possible at all. And Jesus was telling his disciples, when you pray, pray Abba, Father. Now that was very counterculture. It would have, in fact, the moment he says father to God, uh, the religious leaders were planning, okay, how do we kill him? How do we stone him? It's blasphemy. And disciples were encouraged to pray above father. What do you think was going on in disciples' mind? If they pray like Jesus prayed above father, what would happen to them? They'll also get stoned to death. You see that? So it's not very easy. It was counterculture. But that was the purpose for which Jesus came on this earth. And interestingly, when Jesus prayed on this earth, there are about 60 plus records of Jesus' prayer. Every prayer, he addressed God as Father. Every prayer. That was his lifestyle. Every prayer. He addressed God as Father, except for one. Only in one occasion, he did not address God as the Father. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he was on the cross. He took our judgments. He took our sin. He took our shame. And he took our burdens. And he was separated from the Father. And in that moment... He could only address us, my God, my God. Why? Because he was paying a price on our behalf so that he can adopt us into his family so that we can call him Abba, Father. He was making a provision for us to call our God Abba, Father. And it was in that moment, that was the only moment in his prayer life where he said, my God, my God. To create a provision, a privilege for us to reach the Father. Are you with me? You want to shout a hallelujah to this Jesus? Hallelujah. If we would not have done that, we would have never been able to call God our Father. We would have always called Him Almighty El Shaddai. And that is true. Creator, King, all that is true. But nothing like going to the Father, running to the Father and calling Him, Abba, Papa, Baba, Acha. Because God wants an intimate relationship with His 
children where we can always run to him. We can always approach his throne of grace. In fact, because he is a father, we have access to him any time. Any time. If he was a king alone, let's say he is our king alone. There would be protocols. There would be timings. If he was known as a provider, there would be protocol, there is a submission, there is a waiting, you know, what not. There would be systems. But that's not the case. He is the king. He is the provider. He is the El Shaddai. He is the Elohim. But he is my father. And because he is my father, I can always go to him. Run to him. I have access to my father. I have access to my father. So there is no time for prayer. There is no morning time, evening time, noon time. No, he can go any time because we have access to the father. Hey, are you with me? I feel I am the only one who is excited in this room. I thought that's a great news. You can access the father. No? Shout aloud hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> That was a forced hallelujah. (laughs) Nevertheless. It's not just about the access. Every time I go to my father, I am secure. Because he's the father and so he's the source of everything. And because he's the source, he has covered me. He has taken care of everything that I need. Every personal need of mine, he knows it even before I even recognize it. Because he's my father. Please don't try to compare heavenly father with your earthly father. No. His standards are very different. And so he's my source. He's my source of my security. I can just be in his presence. Because he's my father, with all that I have done, with all my past, I can still go to my father. There is never a moment where a father can disown his son. The sonship is for eternity. It is for eternity. I can go just the way I am. To my father. And then he accepts me as I am. This morning I want you to just think and meditate. On this position of the prayer. Our father. See in fact I was thinking. If we just meditate on this word our father. Do you think we even need to pray for the rest of the prayer? Can I hear some response? You went with a lot of need, but the moment you realize he is your father, do you think there is a need to pray anything else? The best thing that we could do is to silence ourselves in his presence. Because he is so big, he's, he's so lofty, he's so mighty, yet he calls us his son and accepts us his son. And we can only stare and stand in awe and just receive his love and just be, just be soaked in his love. And in his love, everything gets covered. In fact, the prayer could be, our father, full stop, done for the day. That's why if you see some of the prayers of Jesus, you know, it's not a long prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's just one sentence. It's a short prayer. But he spends hours together. What we call it as prayer, but it's not praying. It is just being in the presence of the Father. Just recognizing that I am his son and he is my father. He is the king, but he is my father. Just recognizing that itself settles a lot of things. So when we go into prayer, that's the first thing Christ taught. When you go into prayer, first recognize the relationship. Prayer is not a religious activity. Prayer is not Monday morning, 6.30, 30 minutes, I need to do my quiet time. Well, there is a lot of merit, please do that. 
But when the moment you make it as a ritual, it's a religion. Prayer is not a religion. Prayer is when you go to the Father and sit in the Father's presence, speaking nothing itself is a prayer. Because you're recognizing who God your Father is. And that's why Jesus taught us to start with our Father. Are you with me? Next time when you go to prayer, don't rush into too many words. Alright? Too many words. Don't rush into that. I, I would encourage you as the prayer template, the framework is, go into Father's presence and then just tell the Father, Father, I love you. I want to be soaked by your love this morning. Don't speak much. Just be there in the Father's presence. That's what happens early in the morning before the, the, the day breaks. Jesus went just to be in the presence of the Father. But I don't talk about the word our yet. We talked about Father. What do you think our stands for? Our. Our. Our Father. We don't go with a prayer need for I, me, myself. That's very selfish. We being as a child of God, as sons of God, we go on behalf of people. We go stand before the Father on behalf of people. On behalf of your family, on behalf of your church, on behalf of your community, on behalf of your city, on behalf of the nation. You stand in the gap on behalf of the people. And you say, our Father. And when you say, our Father... I want you to recognize that if it was a long line of people, of our, that includes, starts with Jesus. In that our, Jesus as the Son, it starts with that. It be you yourself, next in line. And then you have people whom you love, people whom you don't even love, people whom you are offended with, people whom you don't care about it. They are all the children of God. And so we are representing all of them together and we are saying, our Father. How much, how important it is that we settle off things before we get into praying. Because how can you actually pray with somebody in the same line where you are offended with somebody there? Difficult, right? So I think this word hour is a very big catch. Because all this while I would run to my father, I, me, myself, you know, my need, my need, my need. And father says, okay, I will take care of it, but... The standards in the heaven, the template of praying. If you were taught to be praying, you got to learn that we pray on behalf of people. I was remembering this morning, you know, there was a time when we would pray for our children for their exams. Typically, what is our prayer for their exam? If you were praying for your children for their exams. Bless them, grant them wisdom. Help them get good marks. Nothing wrong in that prayer. Okay, please do pray. But as sons of God, alright, we are called to represent a people group. You can pray for the whole class. Don't stop there. You can pray for the whole education system. You know, by, by when you're praying only for your child, the child will get the marks and you will come, praise God, testify. Fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. But when you pray for your class, you're changing the environment in that class itself. When you're praying for an education system, you're changing the environment of the system, the education system itself. Our calling as sons of God is big, is God-sized. It's not narrowed down to one person or two person. Well, do pray for your family, pray for your children. I'm not saying that. But when you're coming into the presence of God, know that you're the son of God. You're a son of God. You're, you're representing a people group. Pray for a larger thing. Are you with me? I was just thinking, you know, we pray for healing. Yeah, Nothing wrong with healing. It is... To be prayed for. Kingdom of God manifests. The signs and wonders in the healing. But when you are praying. Now start stretching it. You know start looking at. Sickness free church. 
I come on behalf of my church and I pray to the Father, Father, pray that you cover this place with your blood. None who walks into this building will be infected by any sickness. Than just focusing on one person or yourself. No, just just expand that scope. That's what Christ did, and He intercedes for us even now. For the whole community of people. That's the calling of sons of God. So when you pray, first recognize who you are, whose you are, knowing the relationship. Prayer is based on a relationship. That we belong to a father. We can always approach the father. Are you with me? Second, recognize you are representing a people group. Don't just go for yourself. You can. Nothing wrong in that. But go for a people group. So that you can say our father. Should we go further? Are you with me? Is this ministering to you? What does the next line say? Our Father who art in heaven. First we recognize whom we are praying to. Father. So the dynamics are very different. Second, we represent a people group. Third, we are recognizing that He is in heaven. The standards and the ways of God in heaven is very different from the standards of this earth. His ways are far away, far, far, far high beyond what we can think or even imagine. So don't compare the earthly standards with the heavenly standards. The way he would operate is very different. So sometimes I wonder, how can I even ask what should be done unless I know what's the standard of the heaven? If I know the standard of the heaven, I can ask God, let that standard happen on this earth. Alright, so let's not fix God that you do like this or like that. But rather, let's recognize that His ways are far superior than our ways. But that also gives me a recognition that I am, I belong to a Father who is in heaven. So I am a citizen of heaven. I am a citizen of heaven. So this three, our Father who is in heaven is how we position ourselves to pray. We have still not started to pray. We have not started to pray. By this time, probably silence is the best thing. Meditation is the best thing to do in these three scenarios. Start with recognizing Father. Meditate and allow Him to soak your spirit with His love. Let that relation of a father-son, father-daughter happen. Recognize that you are representing a people group. Third, recognize that you are a citizen of heaven. All this are positioning in prayer. You have not started to pray. Shall we get into the prayer? Yeah? The next sentence says, Hallowed be your name. That is our first petition. First application is glorify your name. Glorify your name. Let your name be kept holy. What is our usual first prayer? What do we usually start our prayer with? What's our first request to the Father? Bless me, bless them, forgive me, you know, all that stuff. Let's start our prayer with the real purpose of prayer is to glorify this father in every situation god be glorified so when we pray this is our first petition let your name be glorified let this is our first request why we can why we request this is because we are sons of a glorious god we are sons of a glorious father because we are his sons We care for what really matters. And God's plan for the whole creation is the whole earth will be filled with His glory as water covers the sea. And that is 
That is what the whole nature is craving for. And so as sons of God, we also pray the same prayer. Let your glory come. Let your name be glorified. Let your name be lifted high. Let your name be kept holy. It's all about His glory. Now think about some areas of your life that you have been, you have been seeking God for a breakthrough. Be it marriage, be it finances, be it health, be it job, be it some career, be it some business. The best prayer to pray is, Lord, in this you be glorified. My prayer this morning before coming into this session, you know, there was the time I would pray, Lord, grant me grace for the words and you know, all that stuff. But I recognize all that is not required. The best thing that I could do today is to soak myself in His presence, knowing that my Father God is there with me. His Spirit of, God, Spirit of the living God has gone ahead of me. And I just prayed, Lord, in this, through this, you be glorified. So He does everything possible for glory to come to Him. Why should I even dare to touch His glory? Is glorious. Is glorious. So the best prayer that we can pray, pray is let your name be glorified. Look at your children, lay hands on them and pray, Lord, you be glorified in their life. Look at your work, go into your work field every day when you get into your work day, you say, Lord, in my work today, be, be glorified. When you're meeting somebody and engaging in a conversation, Lord, in our conversation today, be glorified. That's a petition. That's an application. We are asking God in everything that we do, you be glorified. Can you shout it loud? Be glorified. Be glorified. Mm, be glorified. Be glorified. Ah, make it a prayer. Be glorified. Let that be our vocabulary of prayer in everything that we do. We're not asking specifics, but we're asking God, you be glorified. I can assure you, He will come through in a way that you will never expect. And He will ensure that He will get the glory. And when He is glorified, you're full of joy. Because through you, God is being glorified. There's a purpose for that place, for that situation that you had, you've been. And as I read that scripture earlier, you know, men, I'll read that, men, 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 everywhere. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray. Men in the house, can I see, raise of hand. Yeah? Just keep the hands raised. Men, the Bible says, I want the men everywhere to pray. Not just in the house of God. Not just in the prayer meetings. Not just at your home. So where do you pray? Where do you pray? Where do you pray? Come on, louder. Where do you pray? Everywhere. Uh, where is this everywhere? You're going into your school, going into your college, going into your workplace. Lift up your hands and pray. What is that you're praying? Be glorified. Be glorified in this situation, in this area of my life, in this, you know, in this system. Be glorified. Asking, seeking God to be glorified. So, we looked at our Father who is in heaven is your positioning. Once your positioning is done, we go into petitioning. In the petitioning, the first thing we petition is God, be glorified. Be glorified. Every area of your life. We, if you're praying in the, if you have a habit of praying in the morning, um, bring every every area of your life and ask God to be glorified. If you have a habit of praying through the day, as you walk through the day, keep saying, "God, be glorified. Be glorified in this in this bus. Be glorified in this train. Be glorified in this flight." And trust me, God will ensure He'll come through and He will be glorified. That is our first request. First petitioning is to seek God to be glorified. Okay, we move on. The next one, verse 10. Your kingdom, louder. Your kingdom come. 
I want us to recognize that we are a part of a kingdom. I know it's not a new information, new revelation, but this needs to be taught. Jesus, when he started his ministry, the first preaching that he did is repent for the kingdom of God is here. His first preaching was about the kingdom. His last message was about kingdom. His message throughout his three and a half years was about kingdom. Because he came to establish a kingdom on this earth. Whether you like it or not, the moment you believed in Jesus, you have a citizenship in another kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. So we belong to a different kingdom. And we have been sent into this world to to influence and bring the kingdom of God into this place. I'll just read, you know, this is where we usually turn to Genesis chapter 126. For everything we go back to the in the beginning. Can we just read Genesis 126? Then God said, let us make man in our image. I want you to imagine this. God the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Alright? Let us make man in our image. So far so good? Okay, next verse. Next part of the verse. Okay? And let them have dominion. Let them. So who has the dominion on this earth? Hello? Who has the dominion on this earth? Man. So when I want you to recognize, when you go into your daily affairs, you have the, the, the ability to have dominion over that place. But when you go into that situation, you recognize you're a son of a king and his kingdom is one dominion. You have the ability to have your dominion. What would you choose as a son? Whose kingdom would you choose? Alright, I repeat this. Okay, in a given situation, in a day, alright, you have been empowered to have dominion over the situation. As a son, you have the ability to have dominion over that place. But you belong to a son who is a king of kings. Alright, so whose dominion would you like to have? The king of kings or your dominion? The king of kings. So what would you do? Instead of you having the dominion over that place, you would say, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Because the standards of the kingdom are very different. The ways of the kingdom are very different. The culture of the kingdom are very different. And so you would ask, let your kingdom come. So what do we do in our prayer? The prayer time is first, you position yourself, our Father in heaven. Recognizing your relationship, your people group, and your citizenship in heaven. That's your first positioning. And then your first petition is be be louder, be glorified. Once you talked about be glorified in my children, be glorified in my church, be glorified in the city, be glorified at my work, and so on, so on, so on, so forth. And then you will get into let your kingdom come right from my life, my children's life, my family, my church, my community, my nation. And you can keep on asking, seeking God for his kingdom to come. Because you are now saying as a son of God, Though you have been, I have been sent to have dominion, I want your dominion to come over this place. I want let your kingdom come on this place. With me so far? I'll just give you a key, alright? Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 6. 4, 6. Let's read verse 33. 6, 33. With this we will close. Can we read 6.33? Alright. I want you to pay attention here. Okay. But seek first. Louder. But seek first. Louder. But seek first. And his. And all these things. Shall be. 
I want you to imagine all your needs in a box. All your personal needs in a box. Can you imagine? Some have small box, some has big boxes. Alright? Whichever sizes, all your needs in a box. Let's lock this box. Locked. The lock is, you know, a number key. Number, you change the number, it will open, right? You've seen that, yeah? The number is, thank you so much, 633. Good one. 633. I want you to remember 633. If you remember, if you forget this code, 633, can you ever open that box? Hello? What is the code, secret code to open that box? 633. Like 316, what does it refer to? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 316. You know, you put it in t-shirt everywhere and you know, you have different, you know, brands and stuff like that. Because we remember 316. That took us into the kingdom. The next key, key, key that I want us to remember is 633. That's kind of a foundation of our life. Everything that we need is in that box. Open that box with, with what's the code? I forgot. What's the code? 33633. Anytime you forget, you reach out to your neighbor and neighbor would say? Hello? 633. I want you to remember it like 316. It's like foundational. And what, six, what does Matthew 633 says? Seek first his kingdom. That's why the prayer is, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Seek first his kingdom. Then, all that you wanted that's there in the box, it will get opened for you. It will get added one by one. We don't go after that box, we go after the kingdom. And when we go after the kingdom, we seek his kingdom. What do you mean by seeking? What do you do when you're seeking? What, what do somebody do for seeking? You're seeking something. What do they do? They will. There is a desire. Yes, there is a strong desire. They learn. They, they do some research. They try and understand. So seek his kingdom. Try to learn about his kingdom. About his ways. About the policies of the kingdom. Constitution of the kingdom. Hey, try to know about the king himself. When you seek after his kingdom, after the king and the kingdom, all these things will get added to you. And that's why you don't have to pray about it. Did I disturb you guys? Okay, I'll just read the few verses just before 33. The key, okay, what is the key? What is the code? 633. Don't forget, it is not 336, it will not work. 633. You want to open that box, it is 633. Okay. I'll just read very quickly, but if God so close... Okay. Verse 25. Look at how Jesus would have told this verse, okay? For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. As to what you will eat, what you will drink, nor of your body, as to what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? At least look at the birds, da. They don't sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than that? Some of our prayers are a, you know, dump of our worry and anxiety. Nothing wrong. Please, please, please. We have the provision to go and, you know, share our heart with the Father. But, but let's grow from there. Let's move as sons. As sons, knowing that we belong to a kingdom. Where we have a father, where everything is taken care, where there, there is no provision for anxiety, no provision for fear, there is no provision for lack, because our kingdom is of such nature, because God, my father, is also the provider, and he reigns on high, and he has every resource that is required for a life, life in abundance. So there is no, no reason why we should be anxious, fearful, worried. That's not what we got to pray for. What we are praying for is, Lord, let your kingdom come 
in my church. Let your kingdom come in this locality. Let your kingdom come in the city. Let your kingdom come in my school. Let your kingdom come in my workplace. Let your kingdom come in my neighborhood. Let your kingdom come in my family. Let your kingdom come in my finances. Let your kingdom come. The ways of your kingdom, let it be established in these areas. That's our prayer. So we did two, two petitions. The rest we will do next week. Because we have to go through the rest of the words. It will take time. What we just did today morning is our positioning of prayer. Our is a people group. Father is based on a relationship. Prayer is not a ritual. It's based on a relationship. Our Father in heaven. We are praying unto God who is in heaven, not of earthly standards. And we recognize we belong to heaven. We are a citizen of heaven. As citizen of heaven, we have rights of the heaven. We have privileges of heaven. We have the provisions of heaven. We have the presence of heaven. So we've got to recognize that when we are praying. And we believe that our father is paying close attention when we are praying. Because he's our father. He pays close attention. He's listening to everything that we speak. Sometimes in our prayer, we, we speak a lot. And he's wondering, what are you talking about? Because it's very difficult to find out, what is your need? Let's not get into that blabbering, but let's go very structured. Recognize who we are, whose we are, our uh, community that we are representing. And then, the first pray is, let your name be glorified. Let your name be glorified. Once you do that, move into let your kingdom come. Can we practice that the next week? You said you want to be a good student. Yeah? We did not write a, just a theory exams today. It's not just for the theory, right? It is for practice. This week, I want you to do this as a practice. Whenever you're praying, I don't want you to tell me what time, Vagera, no. Whenever you're praying, take a few minutes to recognize our Father in heaven. Don't use words there. Just soak yourself in the reality of who you are and whose you are. Let it soak your spirit. Once that is done, you feel full, then look at the people group you are representing and say, Lord, you be glorified in their midst. You be glorified here. You be glorified there. You desire for the glory of God to fill your area like a water covers the sea. That's the son's desire. And then you ask God, Lord, let your kingdom come in these places. Because the ways of kingdom are way, way, way different than the ways of the earth. If you practice and come next week, we'll do the next section. Yeah? Will you? By the way, there is a test starting next week. We will have a test. Students will have a test, right, Pastor? Yeah? It will be oral test, public. Make you stand. What is 633? That code you cannot forget. Because you cannot open that box. All your needs are buried there. See that? This week start opening that code. Seek his kingdom. All these things will be added unto you. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.